Welcome to the Complete Sinner's Guide. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you walk towards a sinless life. My name is Noah Chalai. Delighted to be here with you. Introducing your host, as always, Tyler Fowler. What's going on, my man? So that's how excited I get. Like, I totally just told Noah, hey, bro, you want to inter- intro the show tonight? He's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm just like, hey, no, I'm going to intro the show and not tell Noah about it. And so I'm excited. Like, I'm doing really, really good. It's been one, man, it's been a week, let me tell you, at work. Like, there's things that have happened, things that I'm not proud of that I've done, and it's not good, but at the same time, I can rest easy knowing that Christ has died for each one of these things and that today, you know, is another day. We keep moving forward. We keep pressing on toward the goal. And so I can I can, I can rest knowing that I've been forgiven. He's dealt with these things 2,000 years ago on the cross. And he died, and not only that, but he rose again, and, and he lives. He lives to this day interceding for the saints, for those who trust in him. What good news what better news can you hear you know for for easter this is good friday we celebrate i mean this is the day that we celebrate jesus dying on the cross and all those years ago it's still significant uh for us today so with that being said noah um to be really long-winded there i'm doing extremely well dude just to that's great I have peace. You know what I mean. So, how you been, bro? I, life has been great. I actually, I, I was, I was. We we're talking a little bit off air. Um, I, I got into a new book this week, and it, it probably Good Friday going into the Easter weekend. I, I don't know that there could have been a better time to to get into this. And it, it's, it's a book written by a guy by the name of Brother Lawrence. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. It's not a very long book. In fact, I've gone through it now three or four times, just in the last week. It's a very small book. Um, but essentially, the idea is this. The idea was Brother Lawrence believed that there was no reason that we couldn't worship, actively be worshiping and be, pre- be knowledgeable of the presence of God throughout everything that we do. And in doing so, it means that you don't have to necessarily take time out of your day to pray. I mean, you can, but he found that if you maintained uh, a, a consciousness of God throughout the entire day— that you could go about your day-to-day tasks and do all of those things in love to God and make those things about God. And then, of course, he became a real advocate of trying to live that way and, and, and present it to other people. And so some of his letters and, and conversations have been saved, and that's what, that's what comprises this book. But it's been a really enlightening experience. And so as we go into Good Friday and Easter weekend, uh, I'm giving this a shot, right? I'm trying to, uh, today, tomorrow, and so we'll see how long it lasts, but trying to maintain this constant presence or understanding uh, uh, and, and and awareness, I guess, rather, mm. of the existence and presence of God. I think if you do that as well, it makes the three things that we're going to be discussing tonight with Travis Worth and Joshua Davidson, obedience, submission, and worship, and how they all intertwine and how they all, you know, just play a part with one another. But yeah, perspective is everything. You can look at things in a negative way. You can look at things in a positive way. And if you look at this, you know, in all circumstances, I really think you can apply this to all of your circumstances. If you look at it in the sense of this is honoring God, and not only that, but God is working in this to shape me and mold me like Christ, even the bad things at that point become good things. So so with that being said, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Joshua Davison, Travis Worth. What is going on, guys? How's your week been? What's oh, up, man? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's been going good. And uh, you know what's interesting is, like Noah, I started reading a book called uh, The Power of, of His Presence by Adrian Rogers, which mm-hmm. kind of goes in, in, into the same exact thing of, like, you know, having Christ, uh, you know, indwell us and, and you know, and, and following him. And, you know, just kind of like Noah said, just going about your day with an active awareness of the presence of Christ. And uh, I've, I've been practicing that, and it's I've had really – uh, amazing results and you know I feel blessed and uh, I'm just glad to be here so Travis just let me ask you then real quick what is a specific um, how, what is a specific circumstance in which you've applied this very thing that you're talking about okay so one thing uh, I noticed like even today when when I was I was uh, I'm painting the outside of a house you know and um, mm. it, it's like you do your work uh, has unto God like it like I'm working like for Christ so I've noticed that I do a much better performance, even in my job, when I'm, I'm focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I, I. A practical example. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Same. Same thing with me at work. It's like how it. It just seems like it's always in the back of my mind, right? In in every single circumstance, right? I I, I give parts out to people who need them. We work on train cars, and so obviously, whenever you know a car needs repaired, we need to replace it with parts that go on it, parts that are broken or bent or whatever. And anyway, right. so you we try to even in those things, you know going in in the morning time like you can just see people you can look and sometimes you're the person that's just chipper and ready to get to work and sometimes you're the person dragging butt and not wanting to do anything but if you go into those circumstances thinking how can i please god because think about it like we're going to get rewards for the good things that we do for the things that you know so so that in and of itself for me is motivation but we do it out of love as well. And so all of these good deeds that we're talking about, you know, it, it falls under the category of Travis, what you wanted to talk about, you know, tonight, obedience, submission, uh, worship. But, but first, before we get into that, Jimmy, Joshua Davison, what's going on, my man? How you doing, dude? How's your week been going? I know things have been, you know, kind of hectic for you, kind of crazy. New things are happening at work. But how's life, brother? How's things going? Uh, life is good. Um, work is good. I had a really productive week this week at work. Uh, my body feels um, like I had a really productive week at work <laughs> right now. Uh, uh, it's quite happy to be to just be still for a moment. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And you know, it's it's always a pleasure for me to be able to to come on and you know discuss these things because I really do enjoy this, and I hope that this blesses someone. Really, um, amen. This is this is something that that everybody um, that everybody even non-believers should know. This really, um, it's something that 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 can benefit anybody. Um, because if you if you don't currently believe in Christ and you just happen to be listening to what we're talking about, um, uh, it, it might be something that can change your perspective on things. Um, and 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 I think that might be beneficial to you, even if you don't understand what that would mean yet. Sure. Hear us out. Give it. Give us a shot. I mean, honestly, at this point, what have you got to lose? I mean, if this is your first, if this is your first time, Jimmy, you know, I, dude, I just want to say, man, like I love you, man. You've been a part of this this series in in, in particular, overcoming sin and temptation. I think you've been a part of almost every episode. Like I think there's two episodes that you haven't been, you know, associated with in some way, shape, or form. 
And it's like, so thank you, man, for all the time that you have dedicated to this because you have made it a big part of your life. And, and bro, I know Noah and I and Michael, you know, who's needed some time off. He's been busy, man. That's why he couldn't join us again tonight. Um, but, but for those, you know, just real quick for, for our listeners, for first time listeners, uh, this is, this will be our last episode for the month of April. Um, so this is it. And then we'll be back on May 7th, uh, with a three on three debate. Does faith precede or come before regeneration or being born again as Jesus calls in John chapter three. So that's going to be super exciting. Uh, Josh, he's actually going to moderate that. Uh, so it'll be, um, like I said, three-on-three three, uh, debate on May the 7th at 6 p.m. Uh, Central, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And so, you know, with that being said, let, let's just jump into this thing. Travis, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, obedience, submission, uh, worship. What happened during the week, or, or why did you feel led uh, to discuss these three things in particular tonight? Okay, so um, to kind of start with, uh, when you had first started that series, I was originally going to speak on, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like mid-stage believers and how, you know, we kind of mm. sometimes lose our focus. Well, uh, yeah. or, you know, our passion. So, mm. you know, I noticed I was ex- experiencing something like that. So, you know, I really prayed and, uh, you know, I-, I was led to, you know, uh, the verse that says, uh, you know, in Revelation 3, that return to your first love. And I remembered... Uh, the strong bond I had with Christ, like when I first got saved, you know, that, that like personal fellowship and relationship. And so I've really like, uh, strive to get, to get back into that. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, it's made a huge difference in like, you know, um, my, my worship, uh, wanting, you know, volunteering and things of that nature. And, uh, it's mainly, uh, driven by, you know, my personal relationship and, knowledge yeah. of and relation, you know, with Christ. Right. No, I, man, I know exactly what you're talking about, Travis. Let me tell you something real quick, brother. So whenever I first, and if you listen to my testimony, you know that I was on fire for Christ. I was on fire for God. I mean, my, let's see. So the guy who baptized me, Pastor Jeff Crow, he's now uh, dead. He actually died from COVID last year. Um, but I remember whenever I was first, one of those first, you know, few months of being saved, I am a bass player and I played bass down. I was in a rock band down in Florida, right? And so anyway, so I got up there and played bass and it was a disciple song. So now, now here's the setting of the story. So think little country hickerbilly church full of old people and, and general Baptist assembly and, and, and brother, that's 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 the setting. So here's newly born again baby Christian Tyler, who is super on fire for God. Got his bass and his amp, and he's just jamming out to some disciple in front of all these old folks that 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 you know love like. Oh, I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head, but you know your old gospel hymns. I mean, old gospel music, right? So I'm rocking out my uh, Jeff Crow. He called it uh, biblicostal. I thought he was going to go biblicostal on us, and so God bless Jeff. Like I cannot wait to see that dude in heaven because he's amazing guy. He let, he had a lot to do in my early, you know, shaping and molding, uh, especially as a young Christian. And so we miss Jeff uh, very much, but but looking forward. Uh, to seeing him again, but but I was on fire for God, and so where I'm going with all of this is that it dies. Sometimes that passion, it dies, and and I've noticed with me especially, 
is that whenever something, it, it always seems to happen whenever I'm dabbling in some sin and I've gotten deep into sin. I think that there's a connection there maybe that we can get into a little bit later, but with sin and your love or your joy even uh, for obeying God. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, um, I, I'm sorry that your, your pastor died. That's sad to hear, but I'm glad to know that he's in heaven, bro. Cause that's, oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we should be sad or jealous. Right. Um, it's uh, a both it, hand. It's very, it's very internally conflicting. That, that moment. It's the already and not yet, man. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that this, this, this whole, um, you know, the, the fundamentals of the, the faith kind of topic is, is really something that I, I, I I've had to come back to, yeah. um, since I started, you know, uh, being able to lead Bible studies and do stuff like that at the, the mission, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking to theologians, I'm talking to, uh, normal people yeah. <laughs> who, you know, yeah. a lot of have never read the Bible and it's like, okay, well, what are you talking about? You know? And I, I have to, you have to break it down to the fundamental level and make it practical and work from there back upward because it's mm. like, you know, like, like when you're a kid, you know, like you learn, you learn how to play a game functionally yeah. and you play along. Right. But if somebody took you to the side, you couldn't really articulate the rules very well, but you yeah. can play the game. Right. So you learn how to do it before you can really learn how to say it or understand mm-hmm. it. You know, like you, you live it out mm. before you fully comprehend it. usually um and then there's there's the other end of that where some people you know they're very intellectual and they comprehend it long before they actually work it out and and start living this whole thing uh and and so it's it's kind of one of those things where you can see it from almost two perspectives really Mm. um and and i think that it's it's something that we can all like i said benefit from to think about um you know uh first of all obedience right um i i I want to, I want to, you know, kind of bounce a, a question off of you guys and, and, and ask you like, when, when was the last time that you can remember explicitly obeying, um, uh, you know, something that your pastor gave you as a directive, right? Like he said, I want you to do this. And you're like, yes, sir. And you immediately did it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for me, then, the the last thing that I remember my pastor specifically asking me to do was to be a part of this uh, Sunday school. We're going to be beginning Sunday school, um, 9.30 in the morning, uh, Grace and Truth, the church that I attend. And and so he asked me to be a part of that. And so I specifically, you know, responded with, yes, I would love to. And now, you know, getting off from work, I try to, or I'm trying to, you know, prepare and come up with something that we can work on, you know, as a group or whatever to get that thing uh, rolling. So that's the thing that jumps to my mind uh, off the top of my head. Whenever you say that, Josh, Uh, Travis, what about you? So with me, uh, it's it's been, I think about two weeks now, but uh, I was told to like go over Romans 12, uh, you know, like uh, what it's kind of like the, uh, kind of like commands for being a Christian, you know, like repay no one evil for evil, rejoice with those who rejoice. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. we're, we're supposed to go over Romans 12 and see how it, uh, uh, like we can apply it to our life. And uh, I did do that and uh, it was quite beneficial. Okay, for sure. Okay. Then, then on, uh, and, and for me, myself, I can, I can say that um, 
uh, a couple of Sundays ago, my pastor, um, while, while the, the service was over, I was talking to somebody and uh, I noticed that my pastor and two other people from my church uh, were pulling out a very, very large orange ladder. And I was like, wow, that's a huge, wow, that's a huge ladder. Oh, I remember that one because mm -hmm. I had to climb up to the ceiling one time and do something. And it was a huge, it's a huge A-frame ladder. I think it's a 16 foot ladder. It's huge. Um, so they put it on wheels and roll it around. Right. And then we set it up. Uh, and, and then the pastor starts, he didn't, he didn't even ask me. He starts telling me, okay, so, so, uh, Josh, uh, I, we need, we need this, this projector right here. And he starts talking about the projector on the very, like, like it's really high off the ground. It's in the middle of the sky really. And I'm going to yeah. like climb up the ladder. And, and, and so it was just interesting because, it was so immediate that he just, he didn't even ask. He just came up to me and started telling me what I was going to do. And I just immediately um, like, and here's the thing is I'm going to, this is the definition of obedience, compliance with an order, right? Like mm -hmm. he just started to tell me what to do. And I started to do what he was telling me. Right. And it's as simple as that. And it sounds like something that, that it, maybe it sounds overly simplified, but really obedience is a very fundamental thing to, to um, uh, uh, the, the Christian walk, because ultimately what we're doing is in fact trying to be obedient, right? Yeah. That's, that's one of the, the, the fundamental parts of being a disciple is being disciplined enough to mm. obey and do it on purpose, not just like, oh, well, I'm a pretty good person. So what I like happens to comply with what God's telling me to do, right? Sure. Obedience is kind of bigger than that. Um, and, and it's really some of those things where maybe, you know, you wanted to leave and then the pastor comes up and tells you to do this thing and you're like, Oh, okay. And then it takes like way longer than you thought. And, you know, there, there are times where maybe that'll make you lose your patience or, um, right. you know, uh, something, something along those lines. And, and all of us can identify with an experience like that because it's like, like I said, when we were talking about, um, um, uh, what was it? It was it was a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about something, and and you asked me uh, if if uh, oh, as we were talking about depression. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. We were talking about depression, and you asked me if uh, uh, I was happier when I was obeying God. And I said, ah, ah. right. It's pretty mm -hmm. inconvenient sometimes. You're like, well, what do you mean by that? This <laughs> sure. is what I mean by that. Is those instances where you're obeying, you are, and you want mm -hmm. to do it, but it's really starting to inconvenience you, and that starts to weigh on your emotions. And you oh, need yeah. to bridle them, right? That's one of those instances where it starts to rub against. And those are the moments where you're really being obedient and not just like plainly compliant, right? Because it's, it's, I like working with my hands and climbing on ladders and stuff. So when Pastor tells me to do stuff like that, it's like, oh, okay. You know, that's what I do. So mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me, right? But, mm -hmm. but, you know, it'd be one of those things where he's like, hey, can, we, can you replace this toilet over here? This one's kind of gross. It's like, uh, okay, sure. you know, I can do that, you know, yeah, okay. And, and it wouldn't sure. be as pleasing to me or whatever, but it's still something that you, you, you do, you actively uh, uh, comply, right? Like you, yeah. you do what it is that you are told. And it's not necessarily always the case that what God does or what a leader in the church does, or even what scripture presents to you is going to be a question of, will you do this? It's going to be a directive of you do this. Right. 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 You know? 
No, absolutely. So check this out. Do you got a question? Hit us up. Our, our number is 855-450-6624. Do you got a question for me, Noah, uh, Jimmy Davison, or Travis Worth? If you do have a question, have you lost your passion uh, within your walk with Christianity? Call us up. Let us know about it. Let us know what you did to regain that passion. Again, that number is 855 450 uh, six six two four. But right, right with what you're talking about, uh, Jimmy. You know, and not only whenever you obey your 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 leaders, your your church, your local body, uh, the leaders that have been put in that position, you're obeying Scripture at that point as well, right? We are commanded in Scripture uh, to obey our leaders, and so when we do that, we th- because whenever you look at it, we have got a lot of teachers within Christianity. We have divine authority. We have scriptural scriptural authority. We have spiritual authority where we can obey our leaders within the church, where we obey the scriptures and where we obey the actual calling of God's spirit on our hearts. Whenever, you know, I, I, I call it just what it is. I feel God moving in my heart and leading or, or, or pulling my heart one way to do something. It, it, it's very personal uh, uh, just, uh, to, to kind of describe it. Travis and Josh and, and Noah know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, just real quick, a question I want to bounce off both of you guys. When was the last time that you felt, uh, using little air quotes there, but but felt the Holy Spirit work in your heart just just the the thing that comes to your head just off the top of your head, but where the Holy Spirit was leading you to do something. What was when was the last time that happened, and what was it? Uh, Travis, we'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, with me, uh, I, I feel you know the Holy Spirit. You know, he, it is when I last uh, worked. You know, uh, I work at a homeless shelter, uh, or actually volunteer at one of the homeless shelters, like serving lunch. Oh and, man, that's uh, awesome. I, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of times, like, I, I don't feel like it. I'm like, I got to go all the way to downtown and get, you know, and... It's but, inconvenient uh, at sometimes, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, but, sure. You know, it's, it's like, I, I feel like a, a moving of the Holy Spirit and, and a, you know, from Jesus himself to be to be like Christ because, uh, you know, Christ is living within me. And, and in fact, you know, going back to what I said about uh, Romans 12, it actually mm-hmm. says in Romans, uh, let's see, twelve eleven, do not be lagging in zeal, be fervent in spirit, keep serving the Lord. So, I mean, we're actually commanded to, like, you know, have some get up and go, even when we don't want to. Amen. I think I think the Holy Spirit, you know, does do that within us. You know, He works in us both to work and to will according to his purposes, his desires, and all of these things. Uh, Josh, what do you think about what uh, Travis just said? I agree wholeheartedly, but what do you think, brother? Um, I Honestly, this this whole thing, is it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm trying. You, you know me. I have like 10 things in my head right now. Um, I'm trying to sort them. And Only 10? Only, yeah, yeah, no, maybe, yeah, maybe more. Than, uh, so so I, the... The, the thing that's standing out to me is that we're talking about the inconvenience of obedience, right? Mm-hmm. And how it's something that, that it's like, okay, well, now I, I have to do this. I have to, it, in some sense, like you usually say, perspective is, is something that's, that's so prominent about what it is that we're doing. What we see is often dependent on where we are. And if we're in a place mentally where we're thinking about ourselves and then we have, we, we, we have to go do this thing, like, you know, it's yeah. our time that God's trying to intrude on. And it's like, no, 
It's not like that, right? So when it's it's really a wrong perspective that we have when we get like that. At least for me, I can admit that I have a wrong perspective when I'm doing that, right? Mm-hmm. What I should be doing is submitting, submitting to God, right? Mm-hmm. Because what he's telling me to do is not just, you know, oh, well, you know, it's useful or what. It's like, no, my 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 existence is literally due to him, right? Mm-hmm. So I, there's nothing that I could say that, that really would override his authority over my life, right? That's what it would mean to be sovereign is he's in the highest position of authority and power and, and submission by definition is accepting or yielding to a superior, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. God is your superior in all ways, in all aspects at all times, Mm. right? And that's why obedience is so closely tied to that submission. What we're doing is making the right sacrifices in some sense, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're really talking about is I did I could be doing something else is really what we're thinking about when we say, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. <clears throat> so is, is that do you guys do you guys share that experience? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Let me let me just ask you this. Go ahead, Travis. Oh, no, uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, like, uh, the way I look at it, I kind of look like, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I work, I'm a, uh, a servant for God. And like, uh, you know, he's sort of my boss and like, I, I want to please him. And I've noticed that, you know, when I do submit to his uh, authority and, uh, you know, I, I get sin out of my life and, and I do these things that are pleasing to him. I notice I have like an increased awareness of his presence in my life also. Let me ask you guys this real quick, Josh. You, I think you touched on it just a little bit ago, but what is the difference between obedience and submission? Um, well, obedience obedience is is uh, is compliance with something, right? But compliance can be willful or unwillful, right? But submission is willful uh, acceptance or yielding to a superior, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, what you're doing when you obey when you don't want to that's submitted obedience, right? You're submitting to God to obey because there are times in your life where God's like, you're going to do this. And you're like, sweet. I love that. Right. Right. And, and then it doesn't bother you at all. It's not a sacrifice, even in the slightest bit to go and comply with what God's telling you to do. And so that obedience is, is pleasurable, but in that sense, it almost makes it uh, cheaper than, than the kind of obedience that would be costly and making a sacrifice of what you're doing and what you have in order to comply with what God's telling you, right? There are, there are, are those times where it is in, it feels terribly inconvenient to do what God's directing you to do. But in, in doing it, you actually find yourself being blessed. Like, like Travis said, that's it. Try, here, try to outgive God. Really? I dare you. Right, right. It, it does not work. And see, so here's the thing. There's a lot, and this, I, I hear a lot about this in marriage within two couples. There's what, so let me, let me just bring it down like this. What submission does not mean is like Joshua said a while ago, kind of like this blindfold compliance. I, I, I guess, man, so to say where everything is absolutely yes, you're doing just, you know, blindly without question things even if they're harmful to you that is not submission that that's not biblical uh, submission uh, jimmy what would be your definition then for for submission like biblical submission 
um, in the sense of what it means to submit, to yield uh, to God. To God, um, it would be to yeah. God. It would be it, it would be complete compliance, but it would be a willful compliance. Right. Like I said before, it would be the difference between um, begrudgingly doing what someone tells you and grumbling the entire time, which God warns against pretty constantly. Um, and and mm-hmm. that's not a good way of obeying. That's the way of getting here. You have a daughter and soon enough, she's going to have to comply with what you say, because right. it won't be just you teaching her how to do things. It will be you giving her directive on what she will be doing. And if she mm-hmm. does not comply, she'll receive something other than being pleased, right? And right. so that will be a relational change with, within the dynamic of your relationship when, when it's no longer just, oh, what, what you're telling me to do is what I want to do, right? And mm-hmm. so obedience is just this reciprocal game. Mm-hmm. But then there's going to be the time where you tell her, no, it's time to do this. We're not doing that right now. And she's going to want to throw a fit, right? Right. And then there'll be a time where she'll learn that that's inappropriate and she'll learn to submit to you. And in doing so, learn that you bless her more when she's compliant willfully than when you have to force her. Right. There's a difference between having to be forced to do something because tyrannical force is never pleasurable. Right. right? Unless you're a sadist or something. (laughs) But like. Sure. Like really, like that's not that's not something that's pleasing, especially to children in that dynamic. And really, God yeah. is our Father, right? First, He's our Creator and King, but also He's our Father if we're born again, right? Mm-hmm. And so that submission and that obedience is something that we ought to willfully give to Him freely, yeah. in the same sense that He willfully gave to us freely what it is that we have in Christ and our mm-hmm. gratefulness. And our graciousness in, in being a reflection of Christ, and, and even as dim as our reflection can be sometimes, it should be willful. As much as you are conscious of your willful effort, you should be pointing it at doing what God is intending you to do. Right, right. And Jesus said, my commandments are not burdensome. Like, this is something that we yeah. enjoy doing. It, it, it all stems from the heart, I'm telling you. Whenever these things that that we do are desires that actually turn into actions, right? Whenever we want to do the things that please God, the, these things, the, it turns into joy. I, I love Psalm 51, so I, I wish I had it pulled up. Uh, but I don't. But but David is, is just pleading with God, you know, to restore the joy of his salvation, because like I said earlier, I think there's a connection with sin here whenever we just, you know, we're kind of like Jonah just keeps coming to mind whenever Jonah is literally running from God to do or, or to not do what God had commanded Jonah to do. That is go to Nineveh, preach to Nineveh so that they would repent. Jonah hated hated those in Nineveh and ran from God's command. And God said, "Uh uh-uh, you know, and we all know the story of what happened to Jonah. Three days later, fish came, gave him up and he, he, long story short, Jonah goes to Nineveh. But the point is, is that whenever we willfully 
submit to God because there is that personal, you said it, you know, earlier, Jimmy, that he is our father. For those who are born again, God is our, not only our creator, some blind, you know, tyrant that is just, you know, blindly given us commands. God is our Father, and these commands are tools and means to shape us and mold us to be like Christ. These are all the things, like our command and what we've been predestined for is to be like Jesus. And so with that, you will be holy because I am holy, the Old and the New Testament says. And so when we do that, I think it leads right into worship. Whenever we submit to God, whenever we are willfully, joyfully obeying God, it leads into worship. I don't, you know, whenever David in Psalm 51 was pleading with God, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. It's I I know exactly what he's like because there's times I even argue that we cannot lose our salvation in debates. But there's times whenever I genuinely question my rebirth, my, my, am I a new creation? Am I born again? Am I saved? And it's, and it always has to do whenever I'm stuck in some sin. Like I don't feel like a Christian sometimes. And that leads to a very shallow, if any, worship of God. So, so to, to kind of wrap this up, uh, then Travis, uh, piggyback on what I'm saying here, if you, if you want, but, but whenever we, uh, maybe a deep sense of submission or, or even a deep practical application of submission leads to a higher reverence and worship of God. Travis, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think uh, you both bring up some really good points. And what I've noticed is there's a strong connection between obedience and fellowship with God. In fact, mm. uh, we read in John uh, 14, uh, 21, that he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Then in uh, verse 23, uh, Jesus says again, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. So we, we see this this real connection between keeping uh, the commandments of Christ and our fellowship with God. And as far as laying that out, you know, I, I think uh, Jesus gives some pretty explicit commands in like uh, the Gospels of Matthew and John. And so it, it's being, you know, obedient and, and Christ-like, you know, and when we are obedient, it enhances our fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. I, I really think it does. Uh, I think you nailed it, Travis. Whenever we're obedient, it enhances our fellowship and our relationship with God. Because we think of it like this. I, I brought this up the other day. A lot of people lose the, the, the concept that we actually have a relationship with a real person. God is right. not just some man in the, or well put it like this, God is not, and Jesus is definitely not some just man in the sky floating on a cloud somewhere, but but get this, we're in a relationship with a real person, and we said it a few weeks back, don't let anyone, do not let anyone interfere, actually we said it last week, but don't let anyone interfere with your relationship with this person. Jesus is a real, living, breathing person who died 
for sins, who rose from the grave, who is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, waiting to come back till all the fullness of the Gentiles, the Bible says, till that event takes place, Jesus is waiting. And, and, and whenever that happens, Jesus is coming back. He came back the first time, the Bible says, to save the world. The next time Jesus comes back, he will be coming back with a vengeance. He'll be coming back to judge. And, 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 and rightly so. We, we pray. We, I know I've caught myself praying that this world would end. That's how bad it's gotten sometimes, guys, is that I either pray that Jesus takes me now or that, I, or, or that this world ends. Jesus comes back soon. Because we see, just look out in the world, look at what's happening, turn on the news for five seconds, and you can see the evil and the darkness that's just coming to light. And so, friends, let me tell you this, and just if I can encourage anybody, everyone, another day, if Jesus doesn't come back today, it's another day closer to whenever he does come back. And we must, because all of this, all of what we're talking about, and this stuff gets hard. Don't let anyone fool you. Being a Christian, to be honest, and maybe I can, maybe you guys can agree with me on this, but being a Christian sucks sometimes. It really does. And I mean, because mentally, physically, spiritually, it takes its toll. It does. Josh, you left. What, what, what's on your mind, brother? Just, uh, let's just, let's just call it your word choice. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, I mean, it does, right? I mean, because it is taxing. Uh, it's very just, I, there, I would be lying. It doesn't, I, I, what I think it ahead. is, what I think it is, is it doesn't cease to be stressful real life. It's, yeah. it's, it's not. And here's the thing is a lot of people think that like, well, the meaning of life or the reason that I'm here is that like, you know, I'm gonna have a good life and God wants me to be happy. It's like happiness uh, is shallow sometimes, you know, like yeah. you can have joy in serving the Lord, but like we're like like you were talking about, it's like sometimes joy doesn't look like smiles. Well, and I think I think the other part of that is too is that I, I God wants a joy, true joy coming from the presence of God and coming from what God wants from us is a very different thing from instant emotional gratification, right? When we mm, buy, right. when we bypass that that the, our our frontal lobe of our brain, and we're no longer, you know, it, it's okay to feel for a second, feel fear for a second, and and your your your, yeah. your limbic system processes that fear and then hands it up to the higher level of reasoning of your brain, and then your brain says, "Okay, I have nothing to fear. I trust in God," and then it's yeah. dismissed. And so that that's one path that we can take. The problem is when, you know, the Bible talks about not trusting our heart because we can't trust our heart. And so modern translation would be we can't trust our emotions. We need to make conscious decisions and make, uh, mm. you know, and I think that's a I think that's a continual thing, making decisions um, to serve and honor God and then derive joy right. from that obedience and those decisions that we make. It may not yeah. be a slap in the face, happy, feel, go lucky. Oh, I just feel so happy. I'm filled with daisies and flowers. <laughs> Right. Right. No, but, but, and at the same time too, it's not one or the other, you know, it's, it's both. And because there is that feeling aspect that goes right along with it. I think God gave us, you know, reason and feelings to go one in, you know, hand in hand together because it does feel good at the end of the day, you know, because you're right, Josh, you, and know it, you are too. Happiness is shallow. I think, you know, at the end of the day, what I rest in is the peace 
that I have. Does does yeah. it come with joy? Yes. Does it come with a lot of heartache? Absolutely. But one thing that doesn't change is I never feel like no peace. There's always this sense of peace between me and my father that has been won at the cross of Christ, right? Yeah. Uh, and Tyler, I wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, it reminds me yeah. that you know our, our joy and everything is, is, with Christ is transcendent in nature. You'll notice Jesus said, uh, I leave my peace with you. Not as the world mm. gives, but, you know, it, it's, you know, a peace, which, you know, and, and a lot of the people he was telling that to at the time were going to see, like, suffer tremendously. But it's like, you know, we have a sort of a transcendent, like, peace of Christ, despite, mm-hmm. you know, our feelings of what we go through and, and, and so forth. No, absolutely. It is a peace that is nothing like the world offers. I've had worldly peace, and it's very limited. It's very temporary kind of a peace. It's not, it's nothing like like the peace that God offers. And if and if you're out there and if you haven't experienced this peace, you know you're breathing. I said it last week. There's no you. you there's still hope. There's still time as long as you're breathing. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and everyone, whosoever, however you want to render that verse, but everyone believing in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, let me just explain something just really quick, ladies and gentlemen. This believing in, it gets so confused in today's society. Believing in does not mean acknowledge the existence of. Like, I believe in God does not mean I believe in a God. I believe, or even the God of the Bible. That that does not mean that. To believe, the Greek word there is pistuo, and it means to trust. For example, if I was a drug addict, you know, I'm still a recovering addict because I'm still, you know, in recovery. I'm on Suboxone. You guys know this. And it's a long, hard journey to sobriety. But at the same time, whenever, if I'm trusting in someone, what I mean by that is if Travis says, Tyler, I believe in you, I trust you that you are going to get clean one of these days, that means he's relying on me to do what I'm going to, what I'm saying I'm going to do. That's what that means, ladies and gentlemen. And so Jesus says, trust me, believe that I died on the, that cross, not just for, not just, you know, in, in, just in general for everyone or whatever, but no, but for you specifically, your sins he bore on that cross 2,000 years ago, your sins he paid for in full with his blood, and then trust that he rose from the grave. Romans ten nine says, "If you believe, with if you well, let me just pull it up real quick and read it because I don't have it memorized. Or if any of you guys got it memorized, uh, feel free to ramble it off real quick." But uh, what was it? Romans Romans ten nine. It's my favorite passage because, um, I mean, there's just so much hope there, right? And and, and it's so simple. It's very. <laughs> It's very all right, here we go because if you confess with your uh, mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved you will be saved it's that easy it's that easy if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes and thus has righteousness and with the mouth one confesses and thus has salvation for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there's no distinction between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all who richly blesses all 
who call on him for everyone. And here's the promise. Here's the promise of the, that we always talk about on the Complete Sinner's Guide. This is the new covenant promise. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the promise. And ladies and gentlemen, the book of Hebrews says, God cannot lie. Either this is yes. true, either this is true, or there is no Christianity, right? All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's a very beautiful story in Acts chapter 16 where, where, where this jailer, there, there's a big earthquake, and all of the, the prison gates, they come open, and, and he calls out. He thinks they've all ran away, so he's going to kill himself. And Paul cries out to him. He says, no, don't, don't kill yourself. We're all here. He says, he falls on his knees in front of the disciples, and the jailer says, Look, Lords, what must I do to be saved? He's so shaken up by this event, he doesn't know what to do. He says, Lords, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And, and, and just how that's comforting. That is hope in this. And, and, and how do we know? How do we, what, what evidence, so to say, do we have? that we can look at and see and, and, and actually rest in, it's the resurrection. If Christ did not raise from the if Christ did not raise from the grave, then we have no hope. And Paul says in first uh, Corinthians fifteen, we are still dead in our sins. We are still dead in our sins if Christ did not uh raise from the grave. Jimmy, what are what are your thoughts? Kind of, you know, winding down and wrapping up in the last couple of minutes that we got um, we've we've covered a lot tonight, man. We've covered a lot, and I'm thankful for it. I'm really I'm really appreciative of you and Travis coming on the show and doing this. The final show until May seventh. We'll be back uh, with with a three on three debate. Um, so so just kind of winding down, man. What are your thoughts on the debate? You're a moderator for it, um, and, and on this episode, if there's any advice that you can give to anybody uh, struggling with this, because I know that I've struggled myself with, with losing that fire, losing that passion that we talked about in the beginning. Um, so yeah, man, what are your thoughts on the debate coming up and, and just what advice would you give people listening, uh, that's struggling with these things that we've been talking about tonight? Well, um, first the, as, as for the debate, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, hmm. uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, I'm, I really respect every single person that's going to be involved in the debate. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of brains uh, going on, and uh, I expect that to be pretty cool. Uh, I hope it doesn't get too fiery, but I hope it isn't uh, too wordy mm -hmm. either, because some of these sure. guys are they're pretty they're pretty smart, you know. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, as for as for as for our episode tonight, man, I I would say that the thing that 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 could be taken away from any for anybody in in this episode is. Number one, that obedience is fundamental to what it means to be following Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a submitted obedience because you're doing it willfully and as often as you can muster within yourself. And even outside of those times, you pray to God to help you to do yeah. it cheerfully, mm -hmm. okay? Because when you follow the Lord and you do it cheerfully, other people see you. They see you. And they see the lived testimony in you and they see God in you and on you and God on you is a big deal, right? If, if, if God, if God in your life is evident to people that aren't 
that aren't listening to what you're saying, they're simply seeing you, um, yeah. then, then that's, that, that obedience is a testament. That's, that's God's proof of purchase on your life. Amen. Right. And, 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 and God, I'm telling you, God uses that in big ways. Really, really. The gospel speaks loudly, even when you're not talking, you know, um, it, it, God, God saves people and radically, and it's really cool. It's really cool to see it. One of the guys that's at the mission is actually uh, leaving uh, on on Easter. He's going home, and I'm like, I couldn't be more proud of him. But I'm, I got, I got to say, I'm going to nice. miss him. But like, sure, you know, I hope I told him that he could come and you know uh, attend my church if he wanted to. He seemed pretty excited about that, and he also was talking about, you know, I got to come back on Friday afternoons to get in Bible study. It's like if they'll let you, you know, whatever, right. bud, because that's when I go there and I do Bible study and stuff. And he's just. I, I'm really proud of that guy. He's doing really, really well. And his 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 submission to God is becoming evident, not only to me, but also the guys that are new in the program that know that he's gone through it and have heard of his testimony and can see him being uh, uh, somebody who can who can be uh, of integrity, even if he's still new in the faith. It's like he is new in the faith and he does still stumble and kind of fumble around and he's still asking questions. And that's normal. It's a good thing. It's he's he's hungry and thirsty. Right. But it's like he, he also is somebody who you you know, I don't detect any guile in him, you know. Right. Uh, and I'm and, and as you know, I'm a people person and I'm pretty good at, at, at understanding who's uh, who's being genuine, you know, sure. um, and not not that I'm trying to be biased or be judgmental toward people. But it, it, it's intrinsic to our ability to see people is you see what the, what who they are. Right. Well, you are yeah, in-depth, I, I, I would add to that also, I think that it, it also is incumbent upon us to always be seeking out truth and yes. putting ourselves yeah. in truth and identifying truth from falsehood. Yes, yes, Amen. absolutely. And, the, and, and another thing that I think is really important that we could take away from tonight is really understanding fundamentally what worship me- is meant to be. It's not necessarily, and this is, I'm, as, as somebody who's in the worship team at my church, uh, and I know the other Joshua is at his church, uh, or at least was, and is going to be this week, I believe. Um, th- it's it's a privilege to be able to serve God in that way, um, and and that's amazing. But songs are not what worship are is or, or what worship is, right? Worship right. is something much larger than the time that we sing songs once on, on Sundays, or sometimes when you hear a song that you like on K Love and it makes you cry yes. a little bit. Worship yes. is much bigger than that. Right. Amen. And so worship is something that's not only a time that 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 we set apart or a thing that we do in that time that we've set apart. It's also the attitude of our 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 heart, really, if you want to call it your heart or <clears throat> your your spirit or, you know, your desires or whatever. <clears throat> they become centered or pointed, directed at. Right. Um, the word for it in, in the Old Testament is shaka that's the word for worship and really what it means is to prostrate to bow down face first on the ground in 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 uh uh in reverence uh toward the the superior right toward god and when we bow down our 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 body before him it's something that we're doing in willful submission right but even if you're but you can't you can't live your life with your face on the floor that doesn't work and so we're obviously going to be doing other things how do you worship god when you're not face down on the floor it's like Mm -hmm. you you leave your heart in that position even if your body's not in that position you know you know and part of being willfully obedient as well 
Amen. And just to piggyback on both what both you and Noah just said, Josh, I want to read a verse from John uh, 4. It's verse 23. It, it just simply this. Jesus is speaking uh, to the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman. And he says this, or she, she leads off with a question, Sir, I see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you people say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus goes on to say, A time is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and the people who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There's not a time and a place we worship God, ladies and gentlemen. We worship God every day, every every day. Yes, we do come together on Saturdays and Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Tuesdays and all days of the week. There are people coming together to have church or to have Bible study and worship God in that way. But we worship God in spirit and truth every second of every day that we live. We are a living sacrifice. Think about what God said in the Old Testament. He said, I hate your feast and, and, and your new moons and your Sabbaths and the way the external you know, religiosity of the time was being portrayed. God wants worshipers that worship him in spirit with the new heart flowing forth good deeds uh, from that heart that he gives us in the new covenant. Travis, in the last couple minutes that we got, brother, how, what do you think about the episode, man? Uh, what, closing thoughts on it. And what would you offer people uh, that are struggling with the passion, you know, that we all have, you know, as the roller coaster of this journey goes up and down and, you know, the ebb and flow of it. Uh, what's your advice to people that are struggling with losing the fire that they once had in the very beginning? That's a great question, uh, Tyler. So uh, what I've noticed is that, you know, uh, worship, uh, a, a high form of worship, uh, I think, is, is servitude. Now, you'll notice in John 14, mm. Jesus says three times, three times that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Amen. In, in fact, in verse 14, you know, it goes on to say that, uh, you know, he will send the helper so that he may be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Uh, and it says, uh, you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And he goes on to say that, you know, uh, if anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments and I and the father will come and make our, our abode uh, with them. So you see this uh, indwelling presence of God, father, son, and spirit all in John 14. And it's all correlated with keeping his commandments. And I think a good way to do that is to, you know, like we die to ourselves and we want to be like Christ. So, you know, it's like I've been crucified. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So uh, I think that's uh, that, that's really a, a good way of worship. And, and the way like God indwells us, uh, and it's all correlated with keeping his commandments. Amen. Amen, dude. And it is. Joy comes from obeying God. Joy, joy comes from submitting uh, to God. Like I said a while ago, there is a connection between everything that we've been talking about, depression, even deconstruction, and leading even to apostasy. It all stems from sin and, and, and putting an object in between you and your father. Come back to God. Repent. If, you, if you, we as Christians, there's a time where we repent. We repent and believe. And there's a time, and for the rest of our lives, we keep repenting. We keep doing, 
you know, coming back to our father like the prodigal son whenever we run away. I, I just want to end, end the show with this. Peter says this in Second Peter uh, 1. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith excellence, excellence knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly affection, and to brotherly affection unselfish love. For if these things are really yours and are increasing continually, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. Travis Worth, Joshua Davison, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for coming on. This is the last episode. Until May 7th, we'll have David Paulman, Dane Van Eyes, Dan Chapa, me, Tyler Fowler, Ty Brillhart, David Lewis, uh, Cole Perkins, and Joshua Davidson all on this 3 versus 3 debate, March 7th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us, CompleteCenters.com. Thank you, guys, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Thank each and every one of you for listening and supporting this. I really appreciate it. Have a good night. God bless. And we will see you back on May the 7th with the complete. You're, uh, you get, uh, you get closer and closer every time. Tom. I think that one, you might've cut the tail end off. Okay, so. I, yeah, I think that, let, that that cut off the last two words you said. Go, come, Blake. <laughs> yeah.